Welcome to episode 198 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to wait in line at a store during the holiday season. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we are talking about our rebuy games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Raw, Rafter 5, and the Let's Play Oink Games app. Then, we discuss what five games we would rebuy first if our game collections poofed out of existence. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. We've got a couple announcements before we hop into the main episode. And the first one is that in two weeks, there will be no episode. Y'all know we have been as regular as somebody eating a lot of fiber over the past six years. (laughs) And we never miss an episode, but we always plan one episode every year that we skip around the holidays. We call it our holiday hiatus, and it gives us the opportunity to be with our families and to not stress about figuring out when to record when schedules are busy. So no episode coming for you all in two weeks on Mm -hmm. December 28th, but we will Mm -hmm. return in January. Never fear. Yep. And that's no normal episode. There might be a non-normal episode coming out. Yeah, we, uh, Amy, Amy does sometimes drop a surprise on the uh, the dates that we would have released a normal episode. Yeah. And those tend to be honestly better than our normal episodes. So truly, you should maybe keep the feed going anyway. Yeah. And then also, in a couple weekends, we have our TLN streaming on December 30th and 31st is the TLN Marathon Tabletop Live Network. I will be streaming on uh, Sunday night, the 31st at 8 p.m. So that's like New Year's Eve, 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time, which is going to be through New Year's for some of you. But yeah, I'll be streaming something. Not sure yet. That's awesome. And yeah, if people don't have anything else anywhere to be on New Year's, like they can come hang out with you. Yep. And the same day, the 31st, I am actually going to be a guest on a different stream that's not part of TLN. It's part of a different group of streamers who we also love called Tabletop After Dark. They do similar streaming marathons to TLN, and I'm going to be a guest on a stream at 10 a.m. Pacific on the 31st. I'm not sure what channel it's going to be hosted on. I believe it will either be Amanda Panda's or Jess CCG's channels, but I'll be retweeting or reposting social media stuff around that time, and we're going to be playing Among Us. So if you loved all the Among Us hype back early in the pandemic and you want to watch us play some silly among us again and murder each other that will (laughs) be happening at 10 a.m on the 31st on a channel that i'm not certain about yet recently i played the game raw not for the first time but i hadn't played it for a long time so raw is a game published in 1999 designed by reiner knizia it's had various publishers and i think it just got reprinted recently but it's a auction bidding slash set collection slash push your luck game so usually i don't like that many auction bidding games but with raw it feels a little different so in the game you are bidding to collect sets of tiles the tiles give you different scorings at the end of each round and at the end of the game there's like monuments where you want to collect lots of different ones or lots of the same one to get points and they kind of stack or there's other ones where it's like you get two points for each one or like other things where you if you don't have any you get negative points but then if you have the most you get like five points or something so lots of different types of tiles that give you points and 
on your turn, you're flipping over a tile onto the shared tile grid. So like you're going to take a tile out and then the next person is going to take a tile out and you're going to keep doing that until someone decides they want to bid on it or a bidding tile comes out and that like makes people bid on it anyways. The bidding tiles are also like a timer for the end of the round. But like when you bid, each person has these face up bid chips, three of them to start the round and that's like all you can use the whole round. So you only get to win three bids maximum. When you bid, you bid once, once around, and then it goes around to the, like, the person who started the bid and they get to get the last bid. You don't keep increasing the bid and everyone has a set number that's all different. The numbers are one through 13. So you see what everyone has, you know who can win because like if they really want to play that 13, then they can play it and win the bid. And so for me, that's like less stressful than usual bidding games where I like keep increasing and like, I don't know how much it's worth. I don't know like how much I want to keep bidding. So that's why I like it better because it doesn't really feel like a bidding game. Another interesting thing is you're bidding and then when you bid you place your bid in the center and you're getting like all the tiles plus the bid chip that was in the center so you're kind of bidding on that bid chip which you are going to use in a future round there's three rounds in the game and so like you're getting these future bid chips so if someone gets a really good hand by bidding the 13 then the next person the next round of bids that person's going to get the 13 for the next round and so it's like ooh, i want to bid on that because that has a good bid chip for next time like planning ahead for the future kind of yeah there's a lot of meta involved in <laughs> yeah. like when the bid chip is super low, you want a lot of tiles to make it worth mm-hmm. your while, right? Because you know you're going to get a low bid yeah. chip. But if the bid chip is really high, sometimes people will call the auction right away because yeah. they don't want somebody to get the big bid chip and a bunch <laughs> of tiles. Yeah. And some of the tiles are bad. Like they make you have to discard some of your other tiles or like lose points and stuff. So that's where the press your luck comes in. Like if the tiles out are good and you want them, but like you could get greedy and try to draw more tiles, but it could be like a bad tile. <laughs> So it's like, huh, that, that's the press your luck part. And then also, if everyone else used up their three bid chips on the round, then if you haven't used up all your bid chips, you can just like draw tiles until it reach it fills the board and you can get all of those for whatever you bid, basically. So that actually happened Unless to me. Unless the sun comes out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then. So yeah, there's a timer thing. But like for one of the rounds, the second round when we played, the timer was really like super slow and everyone bid early on. So I just got to get a lot of stuff. <laughs> Nice. So that I, I ended up winning pretty nicely because I got like a really good second round and got a lot of monuments, which give big end game scoring. So I enjoyed Raw mostly because it's, <laughs> I think I like it for a bidding game because I don't like bidding that much. If you like like press your luck and site collection more and bidding not as much, then Raw is probably good. But I think I've talked to other people who are more into bidding and they like the other bidding games. I guess Reiner Kinsia has, I don't know if it's official or unofficial. Uh, auction trilogy of modern art Medici and raw and so for other people raw is their least favorite like I think Toby raw is his least favorite and some of my friends it's the least favorite but I think I like raw I might like raw the best out of those three just because it's the least bidding ish I'm not sure I've never played Medici but I really mm-hmm. also I like modern art and raw both a lot so I yeah no <laughs> I haven't I've played raw more than I've played modern art so it's kind of hard to choose <laughs> yeah it's hard but that was raw R-A, shortest board game title name ever. <laughs> are there any one-letter board game titles? I, I, I don't wonder. know. There I don't probably know. are. Somebody's definitely <laughs> named a board game like Z or X or something, like I'm Q, sure. maybe? Ooh, yeah, that maybe. I am going to talk about a game that I have only played digitally 
that's not unusual. I've done that before. But what's interesting about this one is it's a dexterity game and I've only played it digitally and yet I feel qualified to review it. <laughs> so Rafter 5 is a new game from Oink Games, a publisher that we here at Blitz love so much and have played a ton of their stuff. And Rafter 5 is their new game. It is a dexterity game where players are building out a raft and trying to place all of their treasure chests onto the raft. The reason I was able to play this is because it got added to the Let's Play Oink Games app, which I believe I've talked about on the podcast before. I don't know how much at length, but I love, love, love the Let's Play Oink Games app. It's available on Steam, Nintendo Switch, iPhones, and Androids. The prices vary depending on the platform, and some of the games you have to pay extra for even after you buy the whole platform. But I will say it is one of the slickest looking and easiest to use board game app collections that I own. It is so beautiful. And when I saw that they added a dexterity game, I was like, what? No, there's no way that works. (laughs) And so I opened it up and I started playing. So what you do on your turn, there are five rafters. They are wooden pieces that are various shapes and sizes. They're little people. And you have to take a rafter and then take a raft card, which are little thin strips of wood in appearance. They are about the size of like a stick of gum, I would say, around there. And you take a rafter, you take a raft piece, and you have to place the raft piece onto the existing raft, which is built off of the box lid and base. So you put your rafter onto the box with the little raft piece sticking out in some fashion. And then you have to also add one of your treasure chests to that same raft piece. The interest there obviously is you don't want to knock other things over or have your rafter fall into the ocean, but you also want to make things as precarious as possible for future players so they will knock things off. If you knock anything off of the raft, the rafters stay in the ocean until another player picks them out to replace on the raft and those rafters have to be placed before the ones on top can be moved. And if you knock off your own treasure chests, you get to just take those back. And you also have to keep all of the other treasure chests that you've knocked off in your hold. And if any player ever collects five treasure chests owned by other players, then they're out of the game and everybody else keeps playing. So like I said, I've played this digitally and I'm not an expert in how to recreate physics in a digital space, but based on what I know of games of this nature, the physics seem pretty accurate. Like really like the cards would tilt and then some cards would like flip up other cards just as you would expect them to. It really seemed accurate from my point of view. The one thing I'll say is depending on how you build out the raft, those five treasure chests from other players can be very easy to collect it all in one go if you make a mistake. So I think you could theoretically modify. I'm sure there, I haven't looked at the uh, official rule book because I learned it on the app, but I'm, I'm imagining the end game conditions can be modified to some degree. But y'all, this is another super fun one from Oink and I'm definitely going to get a physical copy of it when it <laughs> becomes 
available. I looked on their website and it is not currently available for sale here in the US from Oink Games' website. But if you have the digital Let's Play Oink Games app, I would recommend you take a look at Rafter 5. And if you don't have that app, look it up on a platform of your choice. It's awesome. And just so as a note, only one player has to own the DLC games to be able to play them with other players. So like for some of the extra paid games like Scout, if one person purchases that DLC and everybody has the base game app, they can all still play Scout together with the player who purchased the DLC. So it's friendly mm. in that way. Yeah, nice. Same thing for all of the other DLCs as well. I just use Scout as a uh, point of reference. So they've been adding apps ever since they came out with the game and the apps that are currently available either through the base game or through DLC include Deep Sea Adventure, A Fake Artist Goes to New York, Startups, Moon Adventure, This Face, That Face, which also has been known by Mr. Face at times in the past, oh. In a Grove, Fafnir, Scout, Nine Tiles, Make the Difference, Kobayakawa, and Rafter 5. So wow. 12 games in a single app. And those are all good games. Like, I think This Face, That Face is kind of my least favorite of the bunch. Mm -hmm. Moon Adventure is hard, so I don't play it very often. But uh, all the others, I would happily play anytime. And Nine Tiles, I guess, technically would count as a dexterity game as well, because it's tile flipping and pattern matching. It's real time. And it somehow it's, yeah, also works. like a speed game. Yeah, it's a speed pattern matching game mm -hmm. with tiles. And it works really well in a digital space as well. Better than I thought it would, truly. So, Oink, you should definitely apparently hire me to be your promo girl because I love your stuff. And <laughs> yeah, so Rafter 5. <laughs> in our last episode, we discussed the games that we would hope to have with us if we were stranded on a deserted island. We had people to play with, but you know, we needed some games and we only got to pick five. And we're picking five games again, but we're not gonna order them quite as distinctly this time. We're picking the five games that we would rebuy first if our game collections poofed out of existence for whatever mm -hmm. reason, which obviously <laughs> we hope never happens. <laughs> that would suck. But there are instances where like someone's house floods or mm. other tragedies strike and people do lose their entire game collections. Obviously, you know, you hope that people and pets and the, the loved ones are safe first, but assuming everybody is safe and healthy, losing your entire game collection for a board gamer would be pretty devastating, honestly. Yeah, but now they're talking about floods, I realized that after talking a lot last week with the deserted islands and me talking about the components being resistant, weather resistant. <laughs> then maybe it's my collection disappears a different way because the first game I was thinking was also was Mahjong which is the same as last time which is also probably pretty weather resistant to things like floods that probably but like what about the case that holds the tiles or the bags that yeah, hold the tiles or whatever else like the tiles themselves would be fine but tiles. are there other components right like score sheets or anything like that the score tiles are also tiles oh they're tiles. <laughs> 
Um, I, I have some printed out like reference things for the rules. So maybe like the rule book and stuff. But but you can yeah. get those again easily. That's yes. Not, the tiles are the expensive part of yeah. Mahjong. So. Yeah. But like, let's say they poofed like an alien came and transported all of my board game collection. Just the board games. Everything else was fine. <laughs> then uh, yeah, Mahjong would be the first one. Because when I was thinking of this list, it was just like games that I play a lot now and like would be playing in the next month or something because then it's like the first ones I buy and then later I'll be buying more right like so like the ones that I need to play now <laughs> and at this point in life I, it's Mahjong is the, the one that I'm playing like a lot so yeah that was like the one that came to mind for me <laughs> Interestingly enough, I don't get together with friends to play board games in person as much as Mm -hmm. I used to. I've discussed this before, but the first game that came to mind for me was just one. Mm. I think, I mean, of all of the party games I own, everybody loves just one. Mm -hmm. Even people who normally, I think, aren't keen on cooperative games, just one doesn't feel like you have to work with the other players. Like it is cooperative, but you don't have to like talk things out or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it appeals to everyone and Mm -hmm. it's always a blast. It's so much fun. And I just couldn't see me not owning that game at this point. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's a game that is going to be in my collection forever. It's also relatively cheap, so it'd be an easy one to get. So Just One was the first one that came to mind for me. My second one was also like a party cooperative game, (laughs) a word game, which is, but it's Cross Clues because that's been my go-to word game. That's our go-to game when we have 10 minutes or more. <laughs> to fill the night because Cross Clues is a 10 minute real time game that's very fun <laughs> and I've talked about it a lot <laughs> so yeah like just games that we play all the time that's that's my list <laughs> yeah I'm starting with my like expected games and I'm gonna get yeah. fur- as I get further down mm-hmm. it'll maybe be a little more unexpected for mm-hmm. my list but very unsurprisingly the next game I thought of was King Domino especially this year y'all have t- heard me talk about it a lot y'all know how much I love it I never tire of it it and it's good at two it's good at four i mm-hmm. i love it it i don't even need to explain why because i've done that a thousand times so yeah king domino would immediately go back into my collection as well but would you get two copies because that counts as two spaces so that's <laughs> no i would not get two copies right away even though i have done the 10 by 10 i've only done it once even though i've owned the two okay. copies literally for years so i don't think that's necessary quite yet <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> For my third game, I actually like after Mahjong and Cross Clues, I was like, I don't really know because you're happy with two. You're just like, that's enough, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Well, yeah, because I play games like once a week with friends, and then Mahjong would be enough for that theoretically. Well, unless we have more players, but then also the friends bring games over, so a lot of times we don't even play the games we own. So, <laughs> so here that's an interesting like... point because I was trying to like kind of think of this from the point of view of not using my friends' collections as a crutch necessarily. Like, <laughs> For me personally, just because yeah, like Greg, shout out to Greg. I know he listens to the podcast. He lives here in Vegas. He's one of my mm-hmm. best buddies. Greg owns everything. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, yeah. if my game collection disappeared, <laughs> I would probably just hang out with Greg all the time. <laughs> like I do already hang out with Greg a lot whenever I can. But yeah, mm-hmm. Greg owns every game. So I'm not thinking about Greg's collection. I'm just thinking about the games that I want to own again. 
<laughs> All right, then I might adjust mine now. Oh, no, you can do whatever you want. I just wanted to give like what where my head was at. Yeah, but I, I should think of, I should actually do a different one because I need to think of something like Mahjong would be when we have four people, but a lot of times we have more than that. So I need something that plays more people. So I would need something that I like that's uh, maybe like six or seven people. That's not just a party game. Well, while you're trying to come up <laughs> with that, I can talk about my third game on my list. That is Return to Dark Tower. So this is going to be the most expensive game on my list, but it's definitely still available. Return to Dark Tower is an experience. It is kind of one of the most magical board games I own. It can be played solo or with up to four players, although I don't recommend it at four necessarily. It gets a pretty it gets pretty rough when you've got the full player count, but I love playing it at two or even three is okay. I own all of the expansion content for it right now, so I don't know if I would necessarily get the expansion stuff right away, but it has good table presence. It's got the fun electronics, so I would kind of get that whole like electronic nostalgia feel mm. that I love. It's got the app companion that really gives it like a robust, neat experience. And uh, it's made by Restoration Games, which is a company that I love and would love to support more. So yeah, Return to Dark Tower had to go on the list. It's kind of my big, epic, expensive game that I'm picking that I would really want to get right away. Cool. I decided to stick with my <laughs> original thought <laughs> because I realized if I have more people, I can just split up into Mahjong and other games. <laughs> so yeah, um, Decorum was next on my list because, well, now that I'm thinking about it, Decorum plays two, three, or four players pretty well, I think, because it has different scenarios for those player counts. But Decorum is a cooperative deduction game, which I really love. It's so great. It's cooperative. There's limited communication, deduction, all these things that I love. And there's a new app now for it right for like is it just for two player i'm not sure but like to have more scenarios and i haven't played nearly all the scenarios yet so there's still a lot for me to play but yeah like we've had a game night before where people broke off and some people were playing decorum and some people were playing with something else so that's good because i know my friends like playing it because they've played it without me so <laughs> that's a good one to have for game nights so we could have mahjong and decorum and then everyone can play cross cruises at the end perfect game night the the theme of decorum is still one of the best it's the passive aggressive house decoration <laughs> like it's just too good and it works so well mm -hmm. you're just like no don't put that green lamp in there like i don't want like, a green lamp <laughs> yeah yeah you, you can't actually say what i was yeah. saying but it's like yeah. i hate what you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> The fourth game that I would rebuy didn't come to mind immediately, but as soon as I thought of it, it was on the list without fail, knew it had to be there, and that is Kalis. You all have heard me talk about how I grew to love and appreciate Kalis over the past few years, and it also happens to be my partner's favorite board game of all time. So while I adore Kalis, I especially love playing it with him and I would want to make sure that we owned it because it's his favorite game. Although, again, I'm not counting, like he also owns a copy of Kalis, so I'm not counting his copy. That wouldn't be covering it. I got a rebuy Kalis and th <laughs> that means I have to search because I want the copy with the Dower King on the cover. Ooh. I don't want Kalis 1303. That That is not Kalis to me. And I know that that is a controversial opinion to some people, but OG Kalis is the only way I Kalis. 
so that's why it was well but a... even the regular Kalis had the new box art right so you want like the specifically the yeah that's the true box I, art <laughs> i i want yeah i want the og box art i want the dower king i mean i would uh, take a... og Kalis with the new box if i absolutely mm. had to but no Kalis 1303 that does not yeah, okay. that doesn't fly uh, yeah yeah <laughs> all right so for me i kind of cheated on my last two after my first three, I was like, I don't know what else. Like, realistically, I would need games for my kids because I play with my kids more. Like, they play with the games more than I do at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, they could play with Mahjong tiles and decorum and stuff. They do that. But then I was like, what games would they want to play? And that's hard because they play all the different games. So I actually asked them what game they would want if they only had one game. <laughs> and so one of them said, Merry Madness, which we actually got a rev- as a review copy last year. The full name is Disney's Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas Merry Madness, I think. <laughs> so the actual game, which my kid doesn't really play, is <laughs> is a like speed real-time game where you're rolling dice that tell you to move your chits to other people's boards. And so you're just rolling dice and then doing what it says and then rolling dice. And so it's a speed roll and follow the roll thing. And you're trying to get rid of all the pieces on your board as fast as you can. And other people are all doing that at the same time. But he hasn't played that way yet. He just likes the pieces a lot and he makes up his own games with it. So that's his favorite game he's played like by the rules once but without the speed part (laughs) just like counting and learning left and right and he liked that as well but yeah so merry madness for my kid would be one of them and then my other kid when i asked him what game he wanted he actually listed five games (laughs) so you so hold on so inside your list of five yeah your child went, no, 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 I get to pick my own five mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> he didn't know I was doing a list of five. I just told him one. And he's like, I want this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And that's it. And I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> but he had an order. So he said first the train game. So he said co-op train game. But that's a print and play. So I don't know how that counts in our little buying back games because it's a free print and play game. <laughs> I mean, you would reprint it, right? If you I, I would reprint it. it. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely reprint it. But like, does that count? as one of the five i don't know but then after that because that doesn't really count i'm just gonna list his whole list oh, he said, I, mean, I want to hear everything that he wants yeah, yeah like come on like that's super fun to hear you know what a kid wants if they can only pick a handful of board games like that's neat yeah so he said train game which is co-op train game. then he said the car game which is monza i also i asked him to clarify because i wasn't sure and then he said tiny turbo cars which is another car game but that one was also a review copy that we don't play by the rules the actual game is like tiny race cars and you're doing a puzzle slider to program your car's movements which i didn't like that much but my kid loves it because there's little wooden car figures <laughs> he loves playing around with that so that was his number three and then he wanted hungry as a bear and tidy up which he calls tip top the cat because that's the name of the cat in the game but the hungry as a bear and tidy up are both hobble games for two-year-olds where you're like inserting cardboard things into the slots i love that he calls tidy up tip top the cat that's <laughs> awesome. that's so I think it's because like I had made a song about Tidy Up, my How to Play Tidy Up song, and I named Tip Top the Cat in that. So like they know the name Tip Top the Cat from the song. But like that's what it is in the rule book. Like Yeah. So that makes sense. My last pick was a little bit tougher, but after those first four, I was kind of struggling. I was like, okay, so I've got a party game. I've got a quick light tile laying game. I've got a big, deep adventure. I've got a Euro game that me and my partner both love. I'm like, what am I missing? And I decided to go with one of my favorite roll and write games that isn't super commonly owned in the States. I at least not in my game 
same group or circles. Everywhere I bring this game, I tend to be the one that's teaching it because a lot of people haven't played it or heard of it. And that is Riverside. So I've reviewed Riverside on the podcast before, but it's a really neat roll and write game where the board that the little cruise ship is going along is modular. So it changes every time you play the game. And then you're basically going out on little tours from the cruise ship. Everybody's a tour operator and you're trying to take your guests onto different types of tours from where the cruise ship is docked. And I just adore it. Every time I play it, it's so much fun. It's got luck in it. It's got strategy in it. And it's unique. It's something that I don't think a lot of people own and I definitely would want to have again. So that was my fifth choice, Riverside. Cool. We would love to hear from you all. What games would you rebuy first (laughs) if your collection poofed out of existence? Hit us up on social media or in our Discord. Link to join the Discord is in the show notes. Also, we are going to be doing a Q&A episode in the relative near future. So if you have burning questions that you would love to ask Ambie and I, they do not have to be board game related, but I imagine some of them will be. Please go to our Discord. There is a thread there where you can leave those questions and we may give you a shout out on a future episode if we answer your questions. So yeah, make sure you're in the Blitz Discord for that. We hope you all have a really wonderful rest of your holiday season, whether you celebrate one of the many holidays that is around this time or not. Hopefully y'all get to spend some time with friends or family. We love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a wild ride, but there's more Blitz to come in 2024. (laughs) That'll be our eighth anniversary coming up this spring. And we're also a couple away from 200 episodes, (laughs) which, oh man, that's wild. So exciting things to come soon, y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your December. We'll see you in January. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Have you pre-ordered your copy of Last Light from your friendly local game store yet? No? What are you waiting for? It's an awesome 4X game that plays in under an hour, and it's fully Blitz approved. And if you want to buy games at GrayFoxGames.com, you can get 10% off your entire order, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else by using the code BGBLITZ2023 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time, I want a shiny new board game for Christmas. Only a brand new board game box will do. Don't want some socks, no silly kitty toy. I want a game like Last Light that was made by our friend Roy. Bye, everyone. Bye. Because it has different scenarios for those those characters, those yeah. <laughs> player counts. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>